Thoughts and opinions expressed on Buried Pleasures are those of the host and the guests and do not represent any views of any organizations that we may volunteer for or be employed by. Listeners should be aware that there may, most likely, be profanity and discussions on topics that may require a little discretion. You have been warned. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Buried Pleasures. Today, I have Emmett. Hi. (laughs) Emmett, please tell the people who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Emmett Emmett. And (laughs) no. Uh, (laughs) My name is Emmett. I'm a writer, composer, producer, engineer, um, hero for the ages, sex god, um, inveterate sex gargoyle. Uh, How how many titles do you want here? Well, uh, you've got the negative on the sexting thing. We're going to talk about that later. But anyway, yeah, I don't think it's a thing. I don't think anybody's doing it. I think it's, it's like sex itself. I don't think anyone's actually doing it. I think they're just talking about doing it. <laughs> so there's no it, actual sexting. It's just dick pics everywhere. True story. Mountains of dick pics. <laughs> so today we're going to discuss what what's your pleasure, Emmett? Let's talk I have about so it. many. I have so many. Well, let's start at the top and work our way down. Or if you're the kind of guy that likes to go down first and work your way up, you totally can. So go ahead. Let's get <laughs> I've had the best times, guys. Just so you know, before I, we started this show, um, we've had the best conversation. I've been laughing the whole time. So I'm sorry that if this is coming off as being very, um, this is just going to be funny. I don't care. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm wasting away here in Entendreville, right? <laughs> I can't get out. I'm like, I've got my GPS out. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, can I swear on your podcast? Yes, absolutely. Please. Oh, good. Do. Yeah, I, I, I'm a open forum, so they say. Oh man, uh, do you yes. remember? Do you remember Harold Camping? He was one of these like preachers on the radio, and he was one of these guys that had a date certain for the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He used to host a radio program called Open Forum, where he <laughs> talked like this, and my mother would listen to it for hours, and it was batshit. <laughs> so, Emmett, you grew up on the East Coast-ish, like I did. I, did. And I was. So- <laughs> I was born in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. It's uh, the I think the most relevant side effect of that is that I've appeared on stage and performed many, many times with Pink, because we went to the same junior high and we were in the school play. <laughs> he can't be mad at that. That's cool. Just can't a not be mad at that. I love that. So when I um, met Emmett a couple days ago on a Twitter space. We had a lovely discussion on um, things that he likes and bourbon. Was it bourbon or you whiskey guy? Was that you? 
No, I'm a teetotaler. I don't drink. A teetotaler. That's what it was. And like, we have so many discussions in the groups that we <laughs> that we visit. On and the- there's so many people saying oh, so many different sure. things. Absolutely. But it's great, though. That's how I uh, I have really enjoyed meeting people on the Twitter space. I keep saying the Twitter spaces, Twitter should be reimbursing me for all the times that I'm speaking nicely about them. Honestly, sponsor me, Twitter. Yep. Sponsor me, Twitter. That's it. <laughs> uh, they do not give two fucks. I know they don't. About you or anyone. I know, I know. On the plus side, I have yet to get um, banned or blocked, you know, for for misconduct on Twitter. So that's good. But I on the Facebook and Instagrams, I get I get shut down quite frequently. <laughs> I have an army of anime kids that have been trying to get me banned for like the past three years. So I'm really? fine. With it. Yeah, there's a voice actor um, who's been wildly creepy and inappropriate for decades. And, you know, there was this big foo about him on the Internet. And someone's like, yeah, of course, no one's ever witnessed him like grabbing somebody or anything like that because this guy's an anime voice actor and he's got a bunch of kid fans. And I'm like, Oh no, that's not true. Cause I actually have seen that. I've, I watched him grab a woman without her permission, without her consent. I was there. Oh, and wow. uh, I'll testify about that if I have to. And oh, I was asked to testify and I did. And they're super butt mad about it. Really? Um, yeah. This guy has since like said like, Oh, they're all liars. Everybody's lying. So then he sued a bunch of his coworkers and the studio he worked for. Mm-hmm. for defamation, civil conspiracy. Now he owes people like a quarter of a million dollars because wow. he was obviously doing this stuff and everybody knows it. And right. the only people that don't accept this are, you know, young anime fans with autism, right? I like, cause that. they're focused on this guy's a great guy and he's been, um, you know, he's innocent. And also there's been a YouTuber taking up his side and the YouTuber is a dickhole who just, who who makes his money from clicks, right? So he's going to say whatever he wants to keep these kids watching his show. I don't think I've gotten so much enjoyment about somebody saying dickhole in a long time. It's, you know, it's sensitive. <laughs> it's so sensitive. So sensitive. I don't, I have, it must have been a woman that said like, you know what? Let's put a zipper there. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was totally a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's men. It's always men. Men made high heels. Men made jeans with zippers. I'm just sure of it right now. Yeah, it's probably true. Much, it's true. Because as much as you guys get zipped up in there, chicks get zipped up in there too. Just so you know, if you get a little too uh, rambunctious on the zipping up time, just zip. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. I, I would just say try not to be rambunctious. Rambunctious. In that it's area. Easy. If you're by yourself. It's one thing if a girl's tearing your clothes off, like whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's one of my favorite things. I can't remember. Oh, it's the movie once bitten where, um, they, (laughs) I think we're having a catastrophe going on. Um, you doing all right. (laughs) It was funny because like we talked for like a half an hour before this thing started and my cat was completely fine. They told you. And then she started making noise. The second you hit record, then like I put her out and then I think my wife heard her meowing and was like, I'm just going to let the cat back in. (laughs) Listen, I know you guys are not seeing the uh, video of this, but what I just saw, I swear to God, I thought the cat just fell off the top of the closet door onto the floor. I don't know what just happened. Oh, no. She was at the bottom of the closet (laughs) meowing to see what she could jump on inside of it. 
and I knew she wasn't going to stop. So I'm like, I'm picking you up and putting you outside again. See how it goes. I love it. So back to Once Bitten, where she's, I think, who is it? Lauren, who's the lady in that movie? Dak Nabbit. Um, anyway, she's an older actress. She bites the buttons off Jim Carrey's shirt. Okay. It's like that to me is like, like one day, one day. I one day you're going to do it. Yes. I just want to just scare the shit out of somebody. Um, I think that would be great. <laughs> I could be good. I would strongly advise you speak to your dentist before that. <laughs> oh, I have a best friend that says teeth are jewels, not tools. So don't use them as such. <laughs> How am I going to use them as jewels? <laughs> That's a, They're supposed to accentuate the beauty of your face, your teeth. I they're don't think jewels. she's seen my face. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, teeth are jewels, not tools. I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So um, your pleasure. What's what's Emmett's pleasure today? Oh, oh, today? I have so many. (laughs) I have so many. Um, I am, you know, hashtag blessed, right? Yeah. To be in a situation where I love what I do for work. I, I enjoy it every single day. I wake up every single day happy and excited that I get to do the stuff that I get to do every day. That's awesome. Um, I didn't go to college. I am scandalously overpaid for what I do. <laughs> so it's it works out really, really well. And I think that sometimes I think I might take that for granted. And I have to keep reminding myself that I shouldn't yeah. because it's – I, I see so many people who have to work so, so hard for very, very little. And it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, but, okay. you know, and one thing is like, well, what's your pleasure? It's like, well, I wish it were something really different. But, like, I, I really enjoy my life. I have a great time every single day. Aww. Like, if I wake I up. I never expected after the conversations we've just had for you to say something. So, um, it, it's just sweet. You're, well, you're sweet. I had no idea. I'm I'm. I'm hashtag blessed in that if I wake up and I don't think I'm going to have fun that day, I can go do something else. I can quit my job and go do something else. Right. Right. I've been, I've, I have the resources to be able to do that. Not a lot of people do. Right. So, cause like a one thing is like, what are the things you really hate? And I'm like, Oh man, when I'm out of toilet paper, like I don't have big problems. Yeah. Right. Right. By the way, talking about toilet paper, just get a bidet. They're wonderful. Get up a what now? A bidet. Oh, get a bidet. I should. I've. I've. I'm a big fan of dude wipes. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. Well, Have you seen I'm those? You right great. now, you power wash your undercarriage one time, you'll be like, man, this is fresh. I bet it's great. But here's the thing: I live in the desert. Like I live well, in Arizona. So yeah. sometimes you that first water. That first blast of water is going to be colder than a witch's tit doing push-ups in a brass bra in the snow in January. That's it. Colder so, than a well digger's ass. It's going to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. Like I am there. There are some mornings I think it would feel like, you know, I was being tortured by a glacier. <laughs> like a glacier was super interested in my asshole. They have heated ones too. They have portable ones. You could put warm water in. Is There's the portable all- one just a hose? No, well, no, actually, no, they're, they have like the ones we have on at our house because my husband's fancy pants. I like to call him that. 
Um, he's the one that introduced me to the bidet. Uh, he, they, he, they're hooked right into the water line. And so you can get warm or cold water. If right. You but can it. you get warm, right? Or water, warm water right away? Or do you set it to warm and then you start, you yes, know, that's okay. it. Right into the toilet first and then you can, you can do it yourself. But also they have, there's all kinds of fancy things that you can do with the bidet these days. I'm just throwing that whenever people were, you know, like at the beginning of the pandemic, when there was the run on toilet paper, my husband sent back going, ha ha. Don't care. I don't use toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am simply too good for this. <laughs> exactly. He's so fancy that he didn't have to be concerned with the toilet paper of the commoners. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny, right? It was because people are like, uh, like our friend Haley, she's got a, she's got a, <laughs> like an Android phone. Uh-huh. Right. And like, I'll have a new app. I'm like, Oh, you should really, Oh, you could download this, but you're a peasant. Right? <laughs> I call people with androids anarchists. Just be an Apple person. Be a sheeple, just like everybody else. Just have the yeah. Apple. I just like the Apple phone because of the fact that I don't like to remember things and everything seamlessly goes from one place to the other without any thought. Yeah, for me, it's like I'm not a big Apple fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that my phone works every single day and I don't have to think about it. Right. <laughs> if I had to think about my phone for more than six minutes every five years, right. I would never have a cell phone. Right. Exactly. But with the iPhone, it's like, yes, this pretty much works exactly like I want it to yes. or how I expect it to. I don't care how arcane, like <laughs> I've got to hold this thing, then move the thing up the screen to close it. I know that that's nonsense. We all know that that's nonsense, but it works the same way every time. And that's all I care about. Correct. And also, if I'm watching something on my phone, I can walk into my living room. It's on my Apple TV immediately. I don't have to mess with anything else. And I know that there's casting from Samsung devices or an Android device, whatever. I don't care. I like it. It works for me. And it's an Apple. It makes me feel healthy. Um, (laughs) You're like, just give me that little airplay button so I can watch this ridiculous TikTok on my television. That is it. You know, though, I don't watch a whole lot of TikTok. I'm not a... I have a lot of friends who do TikTok and who are very successful on TikTok. Super, super like they're sponsored and, and, you know, thousands and millions of views. I, you know, that's, I get so angry at my kids for literally sitting for hours a day, just flipping through videos. And it's like, how many times can you hear the same song play? It makes me want to shoot myself. And I know that that's just, that's a joke. I'm not trying to shoot myself. Just saying I get really tired of the same song or the same lyric or the same, whatever the, the spoken word thing is over and over and over. Like the kids will leave their phone and walk away, go into the closet to get something out of the pantry. And the same goddamn video is playing over and over and over and over. Like, come on. That's when mom needs to apply, you know, the judicious application of a hammer to a phone. Uh, like, no look, way. you leave your phone unattended and playing noise for more than a second and a half, wood chipper. <laughs> and I'm going to decide what goes first, you or the phone. Right. <laughs> I'm going to flip a coin. I'm going to flip you. That's what happens. Yeah, into the wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do, we do terrible. Yeah, yeah, we do say terrible things. But um, anyway... <laughs> So moving past my violence. Uh, there needs to be like a U.S. recommended daily allowance of saying terrible things. Yeah. Oh, but gosh. I would wouldn't it be great if we treated this the same way we treat vitamin C? <laughs> yeah, right. I need two hours of solid, you know, trash talk to make me yeah. feel 
the other day. Yes. Yeah. I, I need eight that. minutes of jokes about Jews, right? <laughs> and they're they're super like I'm, I'm Jewish. I said they're super easy to come by, right? Like it's super simple. You're so funny. My husband's best friend growing up. Um, in Cleveland is a Jewish guy, and honestly, <laughs> there are no Jews in Cleveland. He lied to you the whole time. Oh no, there. He just really likes. You don't bagels. know where Beechwood is. Beechwood. Okay. There are a lot of Jewish people in Beechwood, Ohio. Um, shout out to Beechwood. <laughs> it's where the nicest mall up there that I've been to. <laughs> if you're into malls, but anyway, it's it's a nice area. Let's not go to our normal crap mall. Let's go up to the Jew mall. <laughs> We don't have those down home where I'm from because there's no other religions other than you're a drunk alcoholic and you don't go to church, Methodist, Baptist, Church of Nazarene, you know, those kind of Christian church. That's it. There's no other denomination to speak of because it's just not happening there. I mean, maybe more so now. I have not lived in that area for a long time. I think this is an opportunity to start your own. Lord have mercy. The church of Pollyanna amazing. Yeah, just like, hey, like we're not really – we don't really care about the whole God thing. Just try to be nice to other people. Oh, uh, and if you, kindness, stop. If you need to see, say fuck once in a while, we're fine with it. Yeah. You know what? I don't believe in my heart that any any entity out there is going to send you to your eternal damnation of burning in hell for saying shit ever. Well, <laughs> thing. well look. Like the the core competency of any Christian religion is essentially extortion. Mm-hmm. You do what we tell you, you'll go to heaven. You do what we tell you not to do, and you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. That's extortion. Like you would never you would never accept blackmail from people, but you'll accept it at Sunday school. Why? You know. And I I can't I can't roll with those people. And uh, I get you. I I totally understand. Again, um, whenever I I told my mom that I was practicing some buddhist practices she's like oh devil worshiper come on Ugh, come on mom it's all right just because you didn't learn it doesn't make it bad but did she say did she say come on because it sounds like she was cheering for a team oh no oh it's- devil worshipers come on come on he was wide open <laughs> come on now what are you thinking that's what she says <laughs> what, what are you thinking well i'm thinking that uh jesus had some good ideas wish you asshole would listen to him <laughs> that'd be great no, I really, I, I, I totally enjoy the, um, the religious zealot that only um, subscribes as PRN as needed. <laughs> <laughs> right? Nice. <laughs> you're only that way when you need to be, right? And that's great because your your Messiah can either be Jesus Christ or Jim Beam, right? Oh my gosh, that's so, exactly it. Yeah, as needed. <laughs> that's a PRN. I like it. <laughs> as needed. Absolutely. <laughs> and you grew up in a medical household, right? Like, even though you're, you're, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom was a nurse. So, yeah. And so that's probably why we get along so well because kids who have nurse moms, me included, um, are different than everybody else on the planet because oh. it doesn't matter if you are not bleeding out of any of any and all orifices of your body, you're going to school. They don't care if you're sick. <laughs> My mom would have sent me if I had a toe tag. Like, there you it go. was. Like it doesn't matter what it is. I had like I'm sleeping. That's what I'm going to be doing all day while you're gone. I worked all night. I'm going to bed. You go. Yeah. <laughs> Don't also, ever wake up your mom. <laughs> they're, they're kids who like never really had a holiday because every holiday was time and a half. Oh yeah. Right? So it's like mom will be by for Christmas around six p.m. <laughs> like, 
No, listen, my kids never knew when their actual real life birthdays were or when the holidays were because, well, I mean, it's the same when you're divorced, you, you know, you have to, you got to adjust. And when both of your parents, so, uh, you know, my kids were products of, uh, <laughs> of, of, of married nurses, you know, um, and Terrifying. married, uh, I, my first husband was a hospital maintenance guy. So <laughs> I just ran the gamut. But yeah, you don't have holidays. You don't have them on the same day. How no. do you, yeah. Did you practice? Um, were you, uh, you know, did you have Hanukkah at Christmas? How do you do that when your mom's working six days in a row? Or No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not observant. I'm an atheist Jew. So. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we all have to have our, uh, that's our path, right? Yeah, my mom was very PRN on religion as far as yeah. she <laughs> You took your mom that too. It's PRN on religion. That's it. Yeah, she, she was... Um, <laughs> My mom's idea of, of faith was, you know, um, watching the trouble with angels. <laughs> and she felt that that was like a, a deeply religious experience. I love it. Um, you know, the sound of music is my mom's religion, I think. I love it. Or That's the thorn birds. Good Lord. Oh Why was everybody God. obsessed with the thorn birds? What was that? Richard Chamberlain? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Back in the eighties. All right. Children who are listening to this podcast, there was a mini series on television on broadcast television in the eighties called the thorn birds. And it was mom bait. bait, Women would just watch this and cry constantly. (laughs) They probably, you know, you probably couldn't air that now. It was probably it's, it would be deemed racist. Well, here's the problem with TV. You could air it because nobody would care. True. There's a billion channels now showing any number of different things. That's like, true. You've even got like MTV. Like MTV will do like a big like video award show, and then we'll uh-huh. be all right. We're hope you're uh, now that that's over. We're, we hope you're here for our coverage of the same thing we just showed you. Yeah, right. Which do we'll you, be covering for like, twelve when's years. When's the last time you've actually sat and watched a video on MTV? Though I just had this discussion a few minutes. You know, MTV has not run videos in thirty years. People like to think it's a new thing. It's not. Like MTV wasn't running music videos when they were showing remote control, right? right? When yeah. Dario was on, when Beavis and Butthead was on, like uh-huh. the most music they would get was on Total Request Live. Right. But people like to think like, oh, I remember when I was a kid, they would show music videos. It's like, yes, that was true for me, but only for about like six or seven years. Right. And then they just went to their own original content because they were on the East Coast. It was cheap to yeah. make. They could do it non-union. Like it was, we're just going to make whatever show we want. You're going to watch it, kids. Jeez, I remember not having cable and getting to go to one of my older cousin's house and watching um, the first when Thriller came out. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. But that was one of the times that they replayed it over and over. Totally. Over so that you could watch it because everybody was super stoked and excited about it. It's and they would run the full thing, like because they would cut it down from like the uh-huh. twelve minute video yeah. for the daytime. But every night at midnight, you could watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I did that too. Right after I would watch Kung Fu Theater on the USA <laughs> channel, that was one of my favorites, and I really miss that. And I you know, know I, miss, I miss Up All Night with Gilbert Gottfried. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I haven't yeah. that in forever. I was such a TV dork when I was growing up. I thought, <laughs> I, I thought when I when I grew up, I was going to be an actor and, and I was going to be on television. Yeah. And then I realized that I hate that and I never want to do that. So like I've had a really good, I've had a lot of really great opportunities to experiment and doing a lot of things that I thought I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a public access show on TV when I was like 16, yeah. 17 years old. No um, kidding. I produced my first TV commercial when I was 19. Um, 
and that commercial is on YouTube and it is thoroughly embarrassing, but you know, it is. I'm going to check it out. Where can we find that video again? Um, nowhere. No, I was, it's funny. Cause like people are like, Oh, you worked on star Trek. Like that's, that's a big deal. You must've like gotten super lucky. It's like, no, like if you want to go work on star Trek in a technical capacity, you have to go do it somebody else somewhere else for a long time. Right. Like I wrote and produced commercials and radio ads and bought airtime for a terrible skeevy basement waterproofing company in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but it was terrible. I made like just, just about minimum wage, if that. Yeah. And it was, it was terrible. It was horrible, mm-hmm. but I got the experience I needed to do to, to get jobs later on that were cool. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Just people don't see the the years and years of doing everything from, public access to planetarium shows to, right. um, you know, basement waterproofing ads. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's the, so funny that I, I didn't that. realize that um, my father-in-law also from the Cleveland area was a television commercial producer. Nice. And what he did when he was fresh out of college, he went to Kent state. He was there for the, you know, for the Kent state shootings and all that kind of stuff. Does he know Devo? You know, strangely enough. I had a really close friend named Misty Mothersbaugh and her uncle was Mark Mothersbaugh. Yeah. And, but I met her when I lived in Las Vegas. Oh, jeez. She's back in Ohio too. That's great. Because um, yeah, <laughs> no. both uh, Mark and Jerry were at Kent State at that time. Yeah. I, yes, exactly. So I'm sure I've never asked him, but he's a huge big music dude too. But, um, you know, he would go around with televangelists. Yeah. And go all over Europe and, you know, South America just doing that. And the people, he always talked about how the roadies for these big Christian conventions were the same dudes that were doing rock concerts. Absolutely. Right. The pyrotechnic guys, the guys doing the lighting and all of that. Yeah. Out here, the same guys doing the loading and loadout for the rock concerts are Uh the same people that are working as like production assistants on bar rescue. Like yeah. whatever's in the area, they're going to go do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's so cool, though. So in your search for pleasure over the years, oh how do you think your pleasures, your your thought of pleasure or your definition of pleasure has changed? Um. Wow. You know, I think, I think when I was younger, mm-hmm. I think pleasure was sought as more, it, it was more egomaniacal. I think it was more focused on myself. And I think as I've gotten older, it's been focused on um, experiences and, you know, situations with other people, um, just having a great time and, and developing friendships and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think that when I was younger, I don't think I understood pleasure because I was always hustling. Like mm-hmm. I was always like trying to get onto the next thing, try to do the project I really wanted to work on, try to, you know, make a name for myself so I could get uh, on the, on somebody's Rolodex to do right. some job somewhere. Okay, um, did, you, did you just say Rolodex for the kids out there listening? Yeah. <laughs> for the kids out there, that's your iPhone contacts list in the <laughs> mid nineties. Um, I only find this funny and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but oh, it's I was watching making Mr. Right just a little bit ago. <laughs> My mom is watching and the female lead has a Rolodex that she kind of slides on her arm like a bracelet and she's walking nice. with all of her bags and it has John Malkovich in it. So it's older, Great. like early eighties. And I can't think of the name of the chick, 
I don't think she was, she did a whole lot. But anyway, it, just watching her put that Rolodex on her arm and my daughter's like, what is that thing she's got? What is right. that? I'm like, that's, that's her phone book. <laughs> she's like, what's a phone book? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It, it's her contacts. Contact it's her contacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On nice printed little cards and you could type them or you could hand print them, but it's fancier if you type them. And there would be the people that had the, um, like the business card scanners. Oh yeah. And then they would scan the business card for the information and then print that information on a label and then stick that in a Rolodex. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We did you know, stupid I, things in the past children. Totally. Like I remember getting my first email address, my freshman year of college, which was 1991. <laughs> anyway. My first email address was stolen from the local college. Oh no. Yeah. You're terrible. <laughs> No, no. But rem- I remember also we didn't have computers, so I would do. I, I did not bring a typewriter with me to college. I knew I could borrow one, right? But a friend of mine down the hall had one of those brother um, word, processors. word processors that had the screen that was as big as your face on your phone. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It, it was basically an entire desktop arrangement with the screen the size of a BlackBerry. And we had the paper that had the little dots or the little holes on the side that you had to tear off. Tear off. Yeah. That was, that was nonsense. Dot matrix universe. How funny. Oh my. And now I'm feeling really super nostalgic. Um, (laughs) So let's keep talking about your pleasure. Of course. Keep talking about my ridiculosities. The one, the one pleasure I talked to you about earlier in the week was it's actually tied to something I hate, which is I hate alarm clocks. I absolutely hate alarm clocks more than anything else in the world. Um, it's, it's, it's nonsense. There's no reason for alarm clocks to exist. We should have a society where people show up to work when they get there. Right. We should, that, that should be the goal, but I don't like alarm clocks. I don't, I'm very punctual. I keep to a schedule, but I don't like alarm clocks. Um, so one of my biggest pleasures is room service breakfast. Because if someone's waking you up in the morning, they better fucking have waffles. There's got to be a glass of some sort of juice beyond that door that that they are bringing to you for the pleasure of waking your ass up. Did you say a glass of juice or juice? Sorry. No, I'm just. (laughs) I've eliminated all the juice. (laughs) No. A glass. Right, was a glass of ju- yeah, we're both sleep deprived, sleep deprived, <laughs> sleep deprivated, deprivatorated. Uh, yeah, it's it's not great. Sorry, no, I understand where you're coming from because as I replied to that whole thing is, I know that sometime in my in previous lives somebody dressed me and fed me and sent me on my way for the day because as I tell my husband every morning, I'm like. Could you just put my clothes on me? And he's just like, no, you're a grown ass woman. Get your shit up and go. go oh my on. God. I, I wish I could have that conversation with my wife. Cause we do phases, oh, we do yeah. phases in this house. Mm-hmm. She does not get up until the last possible minute <laughs> to do anything. Um, she, but she has like seven alarms on her phone that wake oh, her yeah. up at numerous times throughout the morning. But she'll do this thing where she will, um, she's like, okay, I got to get out of bed and get ready. So she gets out of bed and gets ready, gets right the fuck into bed. I love like, it. Clothes on, makeup done. Like, I just need eight more minutes. My, my wife's from Louisiana. So oh, she's I like a, it. She's a swamp monster. 
Um, and she she does not sound at all like the way I say she does. So uh-huh. keep in mind. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, she she'll she'll go to phases like sometimes she'll get out of bed and she'll get ready for work and I'm like oh she didn't come to back to bed. She's on the couch asleep, <laughs> waiting for the next alarm, the one that tells her to get up and go to work. I can't do that. Once I'm up, I'm up. I got to go. That's my thing. Like she has, she's like a cat. She has this ability to take naps that I do oh, not wow. have. She can yeah. sleep longer than six hours, which I've never been able to do in my entire mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. I don't know how she does. I think she's a superhero. I don't know how <laughs> she does all that and tolerate me. I think Aww. that's, that's like a bridge too far. I think, right? <laughs> I think the time's running on that one. I think it's a limited opportunity. She's only going to like me for so long. <laughs> You better straighten up and fly right then. I That's guess. You know. <laughs> no idea why she's with me. No idea why she tolerates me. Well, maybe it's because you're you're you know, your charming good looks and, and your radio voice. No, no. See the answer problem is not a radio voice. Um it Pennsylvania, especially like Pittsburgh, yeah. has the flattest accent in the country. Mm-hmm. So if you are from southeast Pennsylvania over to southwest Pennsylvania in a certain band you have a voice that doesn't have an accent. And I have one of those, which is why everything I say sounds like a car commercial. Like, come on down to Toyota-thon, right? Like there's, there's no inflection. There's no weird, you know, vocabulary. It's just normal, boring voice. And it sounds like a radio voice to other people. Well, it is a radio voice for sure. But like for myself in particular, because I did grow up in Kentucky, I try to keep, my accent at bay quite frequently because people believe in their hearts that you are ignorant if you have an accent. Yeah, or if an accent, I call Appalachian accent. That's what I have. But I if try. you have ever been in or around a crick, that's like twenty points off your IQ, right? No, listen. Somebody said crick to me the other day. Um, that was not from the South or or back home in any way, shape, or form. But when they said crick, and I was like, "Did you just say crick?" It's like, is that, is that racist? I don't even know what that is. See, I grew up on Rock Creek Road. Okay. Fair <laughs> <Rock> enough. <Creek. laughs> that place I was telling you about in the, I guess the, the pre-interview, which was really just a, an orgy of facts um, <laughs> in Plumstonville, PA. I lived on Stump Road. <laughs> so, yeah. My first husband at one point in time lived on Sheep Hollow Road. See, that's, up the, that's like, that's, that's Sheep, like the Sheep. holler. Yeah, right. Like holler. Yeah. And that's for the longest time I couldn't figure out what the difference is between like, why do they say hollow? It's holler. <laughs> yeah, it's not a hollow. It's not a hollow. It's like, down the so holler. And, holler. You, and you almost <laughs> never want to be there. No. Yeah. Almost never. Limited access to the holler to you maintain yeah. your sound. I mean, you got to be, you got to be down for the holler. <laughs> I am always, always. <laughs> At all times, 100% prepared for the holler. It is definitely. Well, you know, I'm fancy now that I've moved away. I'm not the same holler gal that I used to be. Well, well, I, I, I come to bring you, you know, Hollywood liberal tips, right? Oh, I love it. So in in entertainment industry, we have what's called ABC, mm-hmm. um, which is always be camera ready. And that's like you leave your house, you are you are dressed well, you are showered, you are prepared. Um, Always be camera ready, always at all times. Um, And that's like, for me, it's like, yes, I'm always ready for the holler. I can ABC, right? No matter what's coming, I can ABC. 
<laughs> I, I will be showered, dressed. I will probably have cologne of some kind on. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready for whatever nonsense. Holler ready is more like perhaps maybe you spilled a little bit of deer lore on yourself and you have a shotgun somewhere in your car. You got your concealed carry, but usually it's on a rack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the back of the ubiquitous F-150, right? <laughs> Listen, I'm not a Ford person. I'm sorry. I've been a, a shot. Lot of, a lot of people are. The one thing that's interesting to me is so many like people from the South that have just absolutely adopted the Toyota Tacoma. Oh, for sure. Like, I would have never have thought that would happen. He's got a huge, huge Toyota factory there. My cousin worked at, yeah, I'm, my cousin, listen to me, see? It's my cousin. My cousin. My cousin is a, was a, uh, was in leadership at the Toyota plant in Georgetown for sure. Um. <laughs> I can also give people LA hints about social media. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Let's get so it. if uh, this is especially important if you're a woman. Oh, yeah. um, and if you're notable in some way, like someone's going to follow you. I'm out by the fact that you're going to give me womanly advice, but go ahead. I am. <laughs> Prepare your vagina gingerly. No. Um, <laughs> the the move, right, is if you are, you know, whether you're a God forbid, I hate the word content creator. It makes you want to shoot people. But <laughs> if you are, you know, if you're big on social media, if mm-hmm. you're uh, an actor or an actress or something like this, um, you still have to do social media because that's part of your job. Mm-hmm. But the move is you go to a place in, you know, in LA somewhere you're at a bar or a club or whatever, you know, take your pictures, have your fun, go nuts. When you are at the next place, that's when you post the pictures of where you were oh. as though you were there because people will absolutely follow you. That's interesting. And that's, that's true of like fans and TMC. But mm-hmm. honestly, no one can escape TMZ. No one. Absolutely no one. No one. What do they, what do they have that other people don't? Do they they are willing to pay off absolutely everybody. They know every hotel made in town. They know every maitre d' in town. They know every security guy. They know every janitor. That makes sense. That's, so that's, t- that's cool. Yeah, that's how TMZ does what they do. Like They know everybody, and everybody is willing to sell information. Um. I am very, very fortunate in that, you know, I've been in like poly relationships ever since I was in high school, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that the stuff about me and my, my personal relationships has always been directly out on front street. So no one's been surprised or amazed by any of this stuff, or they, they automatically know that this is not salacious or interesting. Right. Because (laughs) someone's going to be like, yeah, here's a picture of him and his wife and his girlfriend from like three years ago this is, this is worth no money to me. Right? right. So it's, it's, that's, that's been nice, but a lot of people don't have that. Um, right. you know, they're not, they're not hashtag blessed in that way. You are hashtag blessed. I'm going to say, because absolutely you're, you're living it. You know, when you can wake up and say, this is my life. I love it. And then that's not a bad place to be in. I can't. Yeah. Do- and I think the thing is, as I get older, like I'm, I'm actually mostly retired from all the entertainment industry stuff now just because i don't i'm i've done it i've done it i'm I'm out of the music business i'm not um i'm okay i'm working on a project that i can't talk about but apart from that i'm pretty much out of the game you can't just say i'm working on a project you can't talk about yes i can watch me just did uh... (laughs) apart apart from that that one project and it's small um i'm not really in the entertainment business anymore and i'm very very happy with that i think 
there are a lot of really, really talented people with a lot of hustle and they are kind and thoughtful and they work really hard. And that is who we should be leaving the industry to. Yeah. Um, I tell people all the time when I'm at conventions, um, I ask people why, why TV sucks. Why they don't watch TV, why they're watching TikToks instead of TV. Mm-hmm. And they're always saying, you know, there's too many reality shows, there's too much American Idol, The Voice, this, that, the other. And I'm like, no, the reason TV sucks is because you're not writing it. You and your friends are funnier than anything that's going to be on NBC on a Thursday night right. at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to seek a career in the entertainment industry, please, if you are, if you could be kind to other people and thoughtful and work hard and show up on time, please, please, please show up. Please get a job in the entertainment industry. There's a lot of people making a very good living who are not half as smart as you are. Like, please come by and get involved because we're tired of the douchebags. We're tired of the douchebags. We're talking about, we're tired of the, the serial predators. We're talking to the creepy dudes. We can have a cre- creepy dude free Hollywood. We can have a creepy woman free Hollywood. We can absolutely do it if more people get involved. That's awesome. I don't know if, what I would qualify if I would qualify as creepy because, you know, when all this stuff came out, and this is not to make fun of the terrible things that have been going on, um, like with Bill Cosby and such. Let's talk about that. I kept thinking, you know, Matt Lauer got in trouble for being inappropriate, you know, because he's on today's show for God's sakes. I mean, that's one of those, I'm taken aback. I'm I'm clutching my pearls right now. I can't even imagine. Matt Lauer. But you know, the funny thing is, is I have absolutely been inappropriate to probably um, 99% of the, um, young and pretty paramedics or young male nurses that I've encountered. Oh, sure. I totally have, but it's such a double standard that it's okay. And they, they think it's, you know, it's flattering for men at some points, but you know, I've never had a man come up and say, would you stop oogling me? Because it's making me uncomfortable. The one thing that drives me crazy is like, I, I, there is, you know, people should be who they authentically are. Yeah. And I think that they should feel free to express that. Mm-hmm. There is nothing about expressing who I am or letting my freak flag, you know, way up the pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there is none of that expression that requires me putting my hands on anyone else. Right. Ever. Right. Just keep your fucking hands to yourself. Yeah, it's so easy. Ever, yeah. I didn't ever touch or grab or do. But- no. And like, yes, I have said things that have absolutely made things, made people uncomfortable. I'm a fucking writer. Like, that's the world we live in. I know that someone's going to think that I'm creepy or inappropriate or that I've said something wrong Mm -hmm. or that they were upset by something I said or something that I've written. I get it. That's fine. Like, everyone is absolutely entitled to their opinion. If they think I'm a creep, that's fine. They should tell people that I'm a creep and that that's fine. I don't care. Um, Most people know that I'm not. So it's not actually a problem. Um. It, some people, it's it's just, you know, it's their thing. And everyone's got the, the right to their own truth and to speak right. their own honest truth about what they see and how they feel. Right. Absolutely. The problem is when you try to shut down people and you say, like, stop saying things about that person. They're not like that. Right. It's like, you don't fucking know you weren't there. Right. You know, and, and it's just like, but just keep your hands to yourself and try to be mindful of other people's feelings when you're around them. Like, yeah. it's just be considerate. Be a freak all you want. <laughs> Be the biggest freak in the goddamn universe, but keep your hands to yourself and try to be nice. Right. right. And I think that's the thing. Once the the one nice thing about like the, the Matt Lauer thing, right? How much do we really expect 
uh, Comcast, right? <laughs> to be a standard bearer for what we want in this country. Right. right? They own NBC Universal. Does Matt Lauer represent NBC Universal Comcast? No. There's really no way that he could. They're a faceless evil corporation in Philadelphia. They're (laughs) they're the devil. They're absolutely the devil. Comcast, NBC Universal has gotten everything of where it's been by terrible, terrible cable monopolies that Mm -hmm. have been against the law and have been to court a billion times over. They just kept pushing the lawsuits further and further out with money that they were willing to shovel at lawyers for forever. Everything from Comcast, NBC Universal is fucking piracy. Right. It is legit fucking piracy. You don't want to be a Comcast customer. Not even Comcast wants you to be a Comcast customer. They fucking hate their customers. They hate you. And (laughs) you expect them to get on their high horse, which they don't have, about Matt Lauer being a creepazoid? No, (laughs) they don't have they, they have no fucking moral stance. Right. Other than that, they have FCC licenses for broadcast media. And if they lost every broadcast license tomorrow, they probably would not give a shit because they'd still have 8,000 cable channels and they'd still own the cable. Right. They don't give a shit. Right. I'm glad that we're getting out of this business of like corporations feeling as though they're responsible for the people that work for them because they can't be representative of them yeah. at all. My thoughts are like, Yes, if there is a pattern where this behavior that has been inappropriate has gone on for a very long time and people have looked the other way and, you know, kept that person safe for the purpose of making the company look good, for the purpose of marketing, that's fucking evil and that needs to stop. But the immediate thing of like, this person works for this company, therefore they're bad because he got grabby. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. That can't make sense in the world anywhere. Um <laughs> Hold people responsible. And yeah, if it's got to be his bosses at NBC, fuck yes, hold them responsible. Right. But like, like fucking how much nonsense did we go through as a country because of Janet Jackson's titty? Oh my right? God. It's you nonsense. Know, it is nonsense. And I have the thought of like, it's okay for us on the nightly news to watch people get mowed down by gunfire and all of that, but we can't see a nipple. Heaven forbid. Look, here, <laughs> what's the exchange rate? I want to know. I'm being honest. Yeah. What is the exchange rate between a cop choking out a black guy who's unarmed or shooting a black guy who's unarmed to, I don't know, Dallas Care- Cowboys cheerleaders with their tits out on the news? Oh, what's the exchange rate? How much of one do I have to see to get the other? Right. Right. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing none of it. Also, you know what? I've, Nisha watches that Dallas Cowboys cheerleader show. <laughs> that show is crazy. Is it? Yeah. It's like the, the one thing that's really weird about them is that they all basically have the same shape and the same look. Mm-hmm. So like if you're a guy and your wife's like, Hey, want to watch this show about cheerleaders? You're like, I like cheerleaders, <laughs> but then they're, they're all the same. It's like, this is just high school. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I am not sexually interested in any of these people. Like, first of all, like at my point now, I'm like, they're too young. They're not going to know how to sex. Like they're not going to be any good at sex at all. And they've been focused on this cheerleader thing the whole time. Yeah. They're in great shape, but they're probably really bad at sex. And like a lot of them are, you know, they're from the holler. They've got their religious beliefs. It's like, and, and it's, and it's not the kind of religious belief that turns into a freak in the sack yet. <laughs> Let me talk to that cheerleader when she's 30. We'll have a very good conversation. 
<laughs> you need an experienced cheerleader is what you're saying. I got you. I understand. <laughs> you're too young. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm 45. That's, that's, that's creepy. That's officially creepy. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree. Um, although I do, you know, age is just a number. Uh, however, creepy men with, with young women are a little bit different, but I'm also a creeper old lady with a young man boy, husband. So <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, my wife is 12 years younger than I am. Oh yeah. Um, well, the other thing that's dangerous is she's, she looks very, very young. She like gets carted everywhere. <laughs> um, when, you know, when she's in a group of people that are like 20, 25, she uh-huh. looks like she belongs in that group of people yeah, yeah. and she's not, she's like 33. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she's so old. Jeez. Right. Yeah, I know. Can't believe she tolerates me. We rock cradles, not rock. We rock them. (laughs) You can use that. You can tell. We rock them hard. So hard. With enthusiastic consent, but so hard. Correct. Enthusiastic consent. It's almost like a pick me, pick me kind of thing. I I promised you that I would tell your audience. Oh, yeah. um, That. I, I've been, you know, I've been in a lot of um, relationships with multiple people throughout my entire life. Um, I have been in more threesomes than probably most. Mm-hmm. Um, are we talking about a devil's threesome or are we talking about? No, I've only brought the devil's threesome once. Said... <laughs> only once. And that was like mostly by mistake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a long weekend in New York. I don't want to get into it. Oh, but, one weekend in New um, York. Okay, go. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> It was crazy. Um, but, you know, it, it's mostly been like wife, girlfriend, whatever. I'm, I'm a monogamous relationship now with my wife now. So, I mean, that's great. It doesn't bother me. I'm fine with it. Um, but I had the, the, I told you that I would tell your audience about a sex move. Please. That is earth shattering. I can't wait. Not hip shattering, just earth shattering. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Not, not not hip shattering. We're not, not we're not fractured we're not, pelvises, none no, of those things. No, this does not involve torque. Right? <laughs> There's no rotational movement here <laughs> with sufficient pressure to destroy bones. No. Um I I've I've had a lot of the sex and I can tell you that um this this will blow your mind. Because if you try it once and you commit to it, you're not gonna believe the shit that happens next. So let's say, let's say for the sake of simplicity, we're just going to do this one-on-one, right? Oh, also, let me tell you, as a guy who said a bunch of threesomes, threesomes can be just as boring or just as awesome as sex with one other person. It is not a force multiplier. So it just isn't, you know? Anyway, th- the problem is like guys are like, oh, you've been in threesomes and they watch a lot of porn. It's like, no, porn threesomes are cock worship. That's yeah. not how the universe works. Correct. Anyway, um, so let's say you've been getting the signals, right, from your lady. Are you talking about like the flag wavers at the airport signals or subtle like, hmm. Look, my my wife is an unbelievably unbelievably beautiful person. Mm -hmm. She could not seduce anyone ever. (laughs) She she just doesn't have that, that piece. She can't do it. Got you. Um, a lot of us like, you want to make out like, that's how it'll start. Like that for her, that's like the height of sensuality. So, but I mean, it, it works on me. So what the hell? Um, but no, you, you've gotten the, you've gotten the signal 
from from your lady, yeah. and uh, you are invited into the bedroom. I like it. Um, here's the thing: you can actually do this with your clothes on. Um, not necessarily recommended. I generally advise people be naked, but <laughs> just just in just in general, like everybody should be naked as often as possible. Um, be comfortable. Uh, here's the thing: it's it's kind of a, a two part move. <laughs> The first part, stop giggling at me. This is, I'm, I'm talking serious. I can't stand it. I'm talking serious sexy town okay, here. Okay. Serious face. The mood is set. You know, things are, things are good. Here's the thing you want to try doing. Listen, just listen to what's happening. And then you should talk about what's happening. And then when you're listening to what she's saying and she's listening to what you're saying, yeah, you're going to be locked in that bedroom for a long weekend because that's how it's going to happen. I like it. This, that produces the most Gatorade required sex I've ever had. Oh yeah. Just communicate, just talk to each other. If you, if you cannot have fun with each other, if you can't talk to each other, you shouldn't be fucking. Sorry. Sorry. I know a lot of people are fans of one night stands. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't get it either. I just never have. You don't know that person. They don't know you. How are you going to, you're just rubbing parts together. You're not even fucking. Right. Right. You know, you're not having sex. You're just fucking boning. I will tell you from um, the Tantra standpoint that I come from, once you have. (laughs) That you come from. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> when you have, uh, I assume a, since we were in Entendreville, I was allowed to do that. No, you're fine. You're okay. Fine. <laughs> that once you have those experiences that are exponentially, um, like you can't even explain them. Just like you said, you need your Gatorade. You're going to talk it through. You're going to have this amazing experience. That for me is good. I, I, you know, the excitement of, of a one night stand, it's really cool when people say you're cute or you're pretty and they, you know, they pay attention to you, but there's a whole nother level under there that if you're not resonating with me, then I don't care. You know, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm absolutely not going to be resonating with you after a 10 minute conversation about Boba Fett. Right. (laughs) Like it's not going to happen. Listen, I have not watched a Star Wars movie since Jabba the Hutt. I tried to watch the one with Jar Jar Binks in it. I don't even know the name of it, but that's the last time I ever even attempted to watch a Star Wars movie because I like the old ones. I I remember going to the movie theater and watching Luke Skywalker slice open, what is it called? The The Tauntaun. Tauntaun and slide in there and freak out like in my childhood self like he's in guts oh my gosh that to me was magical now it's just it's not it doesn't hold the same for me unfortunately well here's the thing i think i think star wars is for young people Mm -hmm. like i think um like the phantom menace with jar jar is as terrible as it was i don't think it was for me i think it was i think it was for an eight-year-old Right, and I, th- I think if I were eight years old and watching *The Phantom Menace*, I would worship that fucking movie. I yeah. would think it's the coolest goddamn thing in the universe right. because it's nothing but lights and sound, fucking yeah. constantly. Right. Anytime the action slows down, it's for like half a second, and then more comes in. Right. Like it, it's just it's a fucking serial commercial <laughs> that's two hours long, right? And it's and it's like I think as a kid I would have been like, yes, put it in my veins, but you know. As as someone who got married the week before in 1999, <laughs> it's like, wow, this is surprising. This yeah. is surprisingly bad. 
I yeah. can't tell, I cannot describe any of these characters to you. Yeah, no. And I tried, like I, I watched a couple episodes of the Mandalorian just because everybody was watching it and they said it was so great. My son was like, Oh mom, you got to watch this. Yeah. Okay. And then, so they were calling baby Yoda, not baby Yoda. I don't know who, I mean, Grogu. Yeah. 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 See Grogu. Grogu. Oh, Grogu. Which so, is his actual name. That reminds me of American Dad, doesn't that like um, the alien from American oh, yeah. has a Roku, Rogu, Rogu is born from him, little alien that's kind of like, um, yeah, not all there. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's just like, I think, I think the Mandalorian was different because I think the Mandalorian was definitely for like adult fans of Star Wars who didn't mm-hmm. need the serial commercial. Right. And right. were willing to take their time with a, an involved story that took place over a number of episodes rather than being encapsulated in one. So the problem is that if you are into the original star Wars movies, but you have not been a huge fan of star Wars of everything since then, Mm -hmm. um, you are like, I've read, it's funny because people like Star Trek versus Star Wars. I'm like, I worked on Star Trek for like over a decade and I fucking love star Wars. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's like, the people that read the novels, right? The star Wars novels. And I did like, if you read the star Wars novels and, and you were really into, if star Wars was a part of your cultural upbringing mm-hmm. and you were always going to see whatever came out that was right. new right. and you are a grown up now, uh-huh. I think the Mandalorian is a thousand percent for you. And I think that's why it was so successful. Yeah. You know, I always wished that they, I don't know if you remember this. I'm sure you probably do. Well, maybe not. You're, you're a little bit younger than I am, but they had Christmas specials. And on one of the Christmas specials, they had the Wookie, the Wookiee family, right? Like, oh yeah. The Star Wars holiday special, which no one should ever watch. But I wanted to see so bad how the Wookiees live together. That's all I wanted. And when they came out, what's the other little creature that the little other little furry thing? Oh, the Ewok? The Ewok. Oh they, were suppo- they were supposed to be Wookiees. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Yes, they were supposed to be Wookiees, but they knew that the Ewoks would sell better as toys. So, Oh my gosh. Well, I had the little brown Ewok and my sister had the little gray one with the pink hood. Um, mm-hmm. because she got all the girly stuff. And because I was the youngest, I got all the boyish kind of toys. So that's the realm I lived in. But I love that. Like that for me was the cool part of Star Wars. <laughs> they were cute. Yeah. yeah I, like I, there's so much crappy Star Wars stuff. Like, I mean, here's the thing, like, too, it's like Star Trek, right? Because there's so many people I talk to on a regular basis. They're like, man, I never watched Star Trek. I never get into that. And I'm like, I worked on it for a long time, and I haven't even seen all of it. Yeah. And people are like, oh, Star Wars is terrible, and Star Trek is awesome, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars is now getting to a point where it's getting like Star Trek in that there are hundreds of hours of it. Mm-hmm. It can't all be gold. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the Empire Strikes Back and the Wrath of Khan on their own, not as Star Trek, not as Star Wars. Both are fantastic fucking movies. For sure. For everybody who wants to watch it. Ricardo Montalban and anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it's, they're, they're both great movies. You don't have to know anything about Star Wars right. to see the Empire Strikes Back or Wrath of Khan or whatever. They're, they're great on their own. Uh-huh. And it, it's just like, that's, that's, that's where it is. <laughs> but if you're talking about like Star Wars is, you know, someone's like, I'm really into Star Wars. It's like, okay, well, are you into the third video game that they released where you met up with Darth Nihilus? And it's like, no, 
no, I didn't consume every single piece of Star Wars <laughs> content available to the universe. And not many people have consumed every piece of Star Trek <laughs> data that has been pushed into the world's bloodstream. Right. Right. Like exactly. it's not all going to be great. You like, I like, I love Star Trek. I've liked it ever since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Do I think it's all complete fucking platinum? Fuck no, because I have a brain in my head. It's like saying that every cookie in the aisle is fucking delicious. It's just not going to be true story. Right. True story. Yeah. I mean, speaking of cereal commercials, walk down that cereal aisle. You think every box of cereal is going to be banging? Oh no, my God. There's, there's going to be a fucking rogue box of grape nuts is going to ruin your fucking day and your molars no, you like, know what cereal ruined my my childhood well my childhood thoughts of cereal um was cookie crisp cereal i thought that i was not allowed to have that right so the first thing i bought when i moved into my own apartment was a box of cookie crisp cereal because my cousins were allowed to eat it we were only allowed to have like um <laughs> I'm not even going to call it that. Stop it. Um, we had cereal that like Cheerios, Chex, or something that didn't have sugar on it. That's what we were allowed to get. And that's what we got. So, so, and, and if anybody out there is familiar with WIC programs, the women, infants, and children's programs, that's oh, you, why we you were ate a You ate a lot of kicks. Um, no, I hated kicks. God, I hated kicks. But that Ugh. was on there. Disgusting. Yeah, Can I just have some sugar smacks or sugar pops that they don't call them sugar anything anymore. But I got these that cereal and I tried it and I was so devastatedly disappointed. You're like, I thought this was going to be cookies in a bowl. And I it's not. did. And it's not. And it made your tongue feel slimy, like waxy. God, I was so pissed. But yeah. and I yet, had much of the same experience, but I love cookie crisp. So this interview's <laughs> over. So <laughs> I'm a fruity pebbles kind of gal. You know, I like my cancer to come in the shape of fruity pebbles. <laughs> yeah, but if, if you if you look at you got to eat it fast though, yeah, because that turns into like wall paste. No, what you got to like, do? Here's what you got to do. You got to have a good milk to cereal ratio. So you start out with just a little bit in the bottom, just a little bit. You eat that. And then you pour a little more milk in. Oh, you go back for milk. Yes. And I don't drink real milk anymore either. I drink almond milk. So there you go. Life Almonds, almond milk's not milk. Milk comes from titties. There's no almond titty. It's nut, it's nut juice. That's what I drink. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I've read about you on the internet. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't imagine what people read about me on the internet. But I love it. I don't care. <laughs> if you read it yourself, you can never be offended. That is a fact. Yeah, I've got like a ton of Twitter followers. I have no idea why they follow me. <laughs> like, I, sometimes I'm just like, oh, do I have a responsibility no. to this audience? Don't <laughs> no. You, no, no, I don't. They're going to get, they might be Giants lyrics and Dune jokes. And if they don't like it, they can leave. <laughs> they can read someone else's Twitter. I don't give a shit. Well, speaking of leaving, we've been doing this for a little while. And Fuck I know. No, we're, we got two more hours in us. You know. <laughs> I'm going to have you back on because I enjoy our conversation so much. You know what? My you know, followers only like to listen to about an hour before they're just like, okay, wrap it up. You want to know something <laughs> that's really, really funny? Yeah. Um, especially when you're talking about like, you know, doing the, the tantric teaching and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got to keep in mind that for a lot of people for, in a lot of places, a lot of, a lot of places all over the country, mm -hmm. depending on their community and that, in, in which they were raised and where they grew up, a vagina could be their cookie crisp. For real. 
It's like true. it was held. They were they were not allowed to date. They were not allowed to to see other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially in the case of a lot of women, they were never ever ever they would never be able to entertain the idea of dating a woman. Right. Ever. Right. The vagina is their cookie crisp. We call it a yoni. Okay. That's Sanskrit for sacred space. That's <laughs> true. I, that's what no no sacred space sounds like where you'd keep collectibles. Yeah, you do. You keep um, the lingam, which is the that's wand. not a collectible. That's mine. The wand of light. That's your sacred space keeps the lingam, the wand of light. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I got to get see if this wand of light thing works on my wife. Hey, well, honey. It's totally well. Hey, honey. Uh, lingam massage. Check yeah. out my wand of light. That's it. She's going to be like, go away. <laughs> <laughs> you need to. She's, here's what she's going to say. You need to take your wand a lot somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But not too far because then it's cheating. But- <laughs> Correct. <laughs> You're the best. Anyway, so. This has been super fun. My pleasure is room service breakfast. Room service breakfast. And we went through all kinds of things. I kind of now wish that I um, I, I had thought more about science fiction um, prior to oh, this. God, I'm so tired of those questions. No, I like, don't even. No, I, I have no questions to ask because like, okay, not to call people who are um, fans of that, anything other than fans, but that is just not the group of people that I chose to associate with in my lifetime. I have friends out there who love Star Trek and who love Star Wars, but they're not exactly the bulk of the people that I've ever, you know, run with. Well, the thing Um, is like when I'm, I I would, as much as I would love to pretend that that wasn't my crowd, that was a thousand percent my crowd. (laughs) But like, because I do a lot of conventions. I sign autographs and talk to people and whatnot. Talk about sound design. Yeah, I, I I talk about sound design and writing soundtracks and stuff like that. Look, I have a table. They show up. I, I wish it were just autographs. There's always guys dressed as Klingons that want to come over in the middle of the day and do shots. So yeah. I want to go to a convention with you. I talk to your wife. I want to go to a convention. and, and We, we actually met. We were both guests at a Star Trek convention. That's how we met the first time. She was head to toe in green makeup. Um, she and her friends were the Orion slave girls from the original Star Trek series. And they're all dancers and dance instructors. So they were doing like belly dancing, but as these aliens and it's, oh, fucking, nice. it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and but, for, like, for nerdy guys who are down for alien chicks, it's all, that's it. Right. Yeah. Like, that's it. Um, but it, like, they don't, they don't understand. Like the guys at the con, they're like, Oh my God, she's hot. And she's into the stuff I like. She, she'd be an awesome girlfriend. It's like, you don't have no idea how bad all of that stuff stinks. Like, you don't understand that it takes them, like, five hours to do that makeup and six hours to get it off. Yeah, and but, like, you know, what if it took you two to get it off? It wouldn't hurt your feelings, would it? That's true, but we didn't we didn't start dating until, like, three years after. Oh, well, like make we, her put the makeup a lot. Well, don't make her. Ask her in a nice way. I have no, I, I have no doubt that she would, but I don't want to cover myself in green body paint. Why not? Why not? Like, look, I got, I got things I got to do. I can't always be camera ready if I've got green splotches everywhere. Yeah, but you know what? What a story you have to tell when you walk out with green paint all over you. But it doesn't matter. Everyone already assumes that she's green when we bone because, like, <laughs> they know her from conventions as the green girl. So it's like they just like, wow, what kind of crazy shits Emmett into? It's like, no, it's not that. That's oh. not my kink, guys. Emmett, you're the greatest. I'm so happy that we met and that you came on my show. And definitely, 
I will have you back for a, you know, a follow-up episode. I can't imagine what I'm going to make it be about, but it's going to be a doozy. <laughs> oh, we could, we like, obviously we can talk about anything you want. I don't even care. I love it. No, it's been so much fun. This has been a really fun podcast to be on. And I hate podcasts. Oh, really? I, I just well, do. Yeah. Let me just say, I will take as much of your praise as I can. And if you want to share it with as many people as you want, totally do. But once I uh, decided to have you on here, I kept thinking, holy cow, usually I talk to people before I have them on my show. And I hope this guy is not some kind of... You know, I've had some rough people that. Well, have you ever thought about <laughs> you ever thought about Star Trek within the context of our Lord Jesus, right? Like, like no, that's right. not the conversation no. we're going to have. How about um, sixteen kids and cats and dogs and door slamming and you know, it's just like, please, please go to a quiet room. <laughs> yes. I tried. I did my damn best. <laughs> I'm literally in my recording studio, and I it was still you. noisy. I told you cats don't like me. I'm allergic to cats though. Um, they get, they get a sense about me. They really don't. I don't know my, what it is. My problem with podcasts is that what? I think that there are more people making podcasts than there are listening to podcasts. Oh yeah. I think we all listen to each other's on occasion, right? Like there's two or three people that listen to mine that I know. <laughs> but right. But that's like the, that's like the, the nineties on the internet, right? When everybody was selling banner ads to each other and oh, yeah. then all of a sudden there was no market for it anymore. <laughs> but, but that's it, okay. When you have a good, authentic, pon- uh, like authentically um, original podcast, I think I, that that's what yeah. gets people. I don't I think- necessarily go in with thoughts of anything other than, okay, how would I interview this patient? Right? Like that's right. That's yeah, yeah. That's 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 the the trek I take because for me, um, this is just like talking to a patient, and I need to find out information, and it doesn't matter what you're talking about. If I don't ask you the right questions, then it's not going to come off as a, you know, as, as appropriate for a show. So that's what I do. Yeah, and I, I, think, appreciate you. I think the one thing is the, the one big advantage that podcasts have is that if it were any other kind of media, mm-hmm. the people who are very, very good at it would be offered lots and lots of money to do it. Yeah, I'm waiting and, for that. And then, but no, I, I think it can't because everyone's actually too unique. I don't yeah. think that you can create a monolithic, everyone listens to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So like my big thing is there's more people making podcasts than listening to podcasts, but that's actually the tremendous benefit of podcasts is because everyone is unique and individual. So they don't have the ability to get caught up into this idiocy of a pop culture net right which is essentially something that a large company chooses to buy and implement right right like no one's going to come to you and like someone might come to you and say hey come do a radio show because your podcast is so great right um no one's going to come to you and say hey here's 30 million dollars we want to build a lifestyle channel around you and if they do you should shoot them because they are the devil right (laughs) like (laughs) I'm going to say, I want to see the money first, but. <laughs> right. It's like, I want to see the money in the contract that says I can still keep saying whatever I want to say. Oh, that's the trick. And right? they're like, oh, you can't do that. And like, then go fuck off. <laughs> yeah, right. I totally need to be able to say whatever I feel like saying. Um, but again. It has been absolutely charming to hear you say whatever you want to say today. Oh, you're a sweetheart. And um, if people wanted to know where you're going to be, are you going to be at any pod or I mean, not you don't do pod cons, but you got comic cons or anything coming up in the future? 
Um, I did one a few months ago, but they're all like most of them. Uh, most of the reputable ones, re- reputable ones, even now are are are, are virtual or not at all yeah. because of COVID nonsense. I um, I'm extraordinarily grateful in that, unlike a bunch of actors and and stuff and and people like tangentially related to that area, um, a lot of people go to conventions. Like a lot of actors, um, they're part of a union called SAG, and uh-huh. at any given time, 99% of that union is unemployed. Uh-huh. So the way they make their bills, the way they make their mortgage, they'll still go to the conventions and they'll sell autographs and sell photo ops and stuff like that. I've never had to make money at a convention. So yeah. like, it's always been a case of if I get invited, it's a question of, will it fit with my schedule? Um, can I do it? And do I think I'm going to have a good time versus do I think I'm going to make money there? Cause I don't care. I don't, I don't make money at conventions, but a lot of people have to. Right. So, I don't have anything on the horizon right now. There'll probably be something next year as stuff opens up. I'd really like to get, I have like hundreds of comic books in, in comic boxes at this point at my house. And what I would, what I do is I, I have a pull list with the comic book store and every Mm -hmm. week they send me the new comics that are (laughs) on my pull list. Uh And I used to, when I was doing a lot of conventions, travel, is when I would just take this big ass pile of comics and read them. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm on a plane, I will go through like 12 issues of daredevil and then 12 <laughs> issues of something else. Like I will catch up yeah. on my comics. Like there were too many Marvel movies at one point and right. I couldn't watch them all. So I had to, to wait until I was traveling for business. And then I watched them on the plane. Makes comic sense. books are the same way. So like now if a new movie comes out and I think it's moderately interesting, I'm watching it that night. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Dune like the minute it was available. Um, <laughs> but I have all these comics for like the past two years now that I haven't read because right. I haven't been on a flight anywhere. Oh, so yeah. I'd like to get into my comic books. So um, I'd like to do a con. And when I do do a con, I'll, I'll get in touch with you and say like, hey, do. If, if I didn't annoy the hell out of your audience, please tell them that I'm going to be at, you know. No, totally. I'll put it out there. I want to show up. I, I, I'm so interested in, you know, I, I only know as much as I know. And if I can't learn new things, then that's when I'm in trouble. And so I need to know how to relate to people. And that's what I'm trying to do. I like to relate. I took my uncle to his first ever convention <laughs> and there's a convention called shore leave. It's the oldest running star Trek convention in the country. They've been going for nearly like 45 years now or something. Oh, wow. Um, and that convention was actually like my home convention. That's the one I went to when I was like 19 years old uh-huh. um, or 18 years old. And like, that's like the con I grew up with. So it's like local to me. I mean, it was local to me when I lived on the East coast, but I, but everyone there knows me not because like they know what I do on star Trek because Mm -hmm. they've seen me for years. Right. Like they they know me there. So I took my uncle to that con because it wasn't far from where he lived. And I'm like, Hey, how was your first con? He's like, it wasn't, it was like being backstage with the stones. Everybody (laughs) wanted to say hi to you and hang out with you. And it was absolutely insane. And I'm like, yeah, I I guess that's, I guess that's kind of true. I love so that. Maybe I'll try you to a shore leave and we'll go. It'll be fun. <laughs> totally. Totally. Okay. So anyway, beyond all that, just to let you and you should you should bring a recorder too, because you're you're gonna be find people there you're gonna want to have on your podcast. Oh, I listen. I'm a networking phenom, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I totally I'll just say so myself. If I do say so myself, I am a networking phenom. I love to talk to people and I love to hear their stories. So Big same. I'm all about it. <laughs> Totally. If you guys want to hear more about 
Emmett or anything he does, please follow him on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? It's EMM underscore initiative. Um, or if you want to learn, like, I'm so glad we didn't have to do this thing of like where I had to describe my career at length. Yeah, no. Because it's fucking annoying. I have a website. It's emmet.click, E-M-M-E-T-T dot click. You can go there and read my credits. It's so easy. He has his resume online, y'all. <laughs> yeah, everything from like like journalism I've done to like production credits, it's all there. It's brilliant. Uh, most of it's there. I I don't really update it that often, so I don't really care about it. But for people who are like, who the hell is this guy? It's like, here, you can read this and not bother me anymore. Yeah, check you it out. You read this instead of sending me an email. So. <laughs> and you can always find me, Pollyanna Amazing, at BarryPleasures.com, BarryPleasures on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I don't know what else. All of those. And <laughs> well, it's buried. It's buried pleasure. But you're the woman with the shovel. I am. No, I'm the woman sitting on the pirate's chest. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, That's for another story. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate you, and have a great rest of your evening. Bye. <laughs> I came from the mud, desert on my hands, strong like a tree, there's roots where I stand, oh I've been running from the law, hope they won't shoot me down soon. Just some podcast media.